am joined by a special guest host today, Lindsay. Thank you for joining me, Lindsay. Thank you. We are here today to talk about the Summer Olympics, originally meant to be, you know, in 2020, but here we are in 2021 getting to watch them now. And there is literally too much to cover, like they're on 24-7, so clearly we're not going to get to everything. I just want to preface that right now. We just don't have the time to cover everything, but we did want to highlight some of the cool um, and exciting and like things that we found really interesting about it. And as we are a women-led channel, we are primarily focusing on female athletes and, you know, news and information surrounding them. So, Well, I want to say a big congratulations to all the male athletes out there. Today, we're going to be covering the female athletes. And to kick us off, um, I figured we could just talk about some of the Olympic firsts that we've seen, you know, here at these specific Olympics. And I know that they were saying, Lindsay, I don't know if you've heard this. They were saying that this is the least watched Olympics. I haven't heard that, but that's surprising because I feel like... Because it was delayed a year, I feel like people have been like looking forward to this and wanting to watch mm-hmm. more. I mean, I know I've I, this is probably the most Olympics that I've watched in my life. <laughs> oh um, yeah, hands I, down. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm usually a big Summer Olympics person over the Winter Olympics. I'm not really sure why specifically, but I usually watch them more. But I just feel like I'm so much more into them this year, and I don't, I'm surprised that other people aren't. I know. I feel like I have it on TV, you know, like all day, just even as background noise, even if I'm not really watching it because, you know, obviously I'm working, but I just like, yeah, I feel like I've been watching it a lot more even after work. I have it on, you know, watching the news, listening to the stuff because same thing. It's just, it's been five years since the Summer Olympics. And while I do like the Winter Olympics, the Summer Olympics, I feel like definitely has more events that I like to watch, you know, with all the diving and swimming and gymnastics and track stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah I agree with that and I wonder if it's like because I guess I mean even though things are starting to close I guess again but like things are opening back up this summer they're like making up people are making up for last summer and they're just like out and about doing things as opposed to being home it could be watching it but Although, I mean, like, I remember past summers where we've been on vacation and literally watching the Olympics on vacation. Like, yeah. we're, you know, just at a bar eating right. dinner and, like, they have it on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just always always looking up what's going on. But I guess people are just not that into it this year. Well, we're into it, so we're going to yeah. dive on in. <laughs> um, so some of the first that I have found on the interwebs are they were saying that Of nearly 11,000 athletes arriving to Tokyo, almost 49% of them are women, according to the International Olympic Committee, which is up from 45.6% in 2016. So that's awesome to hear. That is awesome. That's good. More women need to be in these Olympics. Need to be representing. Yeah. Well, and they were saying, too, that there is definitely more um, out and open LGBTQIA members that are participating in these Olympics as well, which is really cool. Yeah, that's good. I feel like just, I guess, the world we're living in, they're more open about mm-hmm. themselves. I mean, I'm sure some countries are still a little hesitant, yeah. but like, you know, they're more open to coming out and being true to who Being they themselves. are <laughs> exactly yeah. so I love seeing that 
Yeah, and it's really cool to see uh, we have a few people who are part of the trans community and people who are Mm non-binary, and they're competing. I had a few listed here. Um, The first trans woman to compete in weightlifting, Laurel Hubbard, we got to see her. I watched her do her lifting, and while she didn't medal, it was really cool to see, you know, somebody in the sport, out as trans, Mm -hmm. just doing her thing. Yeah, I didn't actually get to see her, but I've seen like replays of of her lifting and stuff. So yeah, I think that was that was awesome and huge. Yeah, and then another first is uh, the non-binary person um, Quinn, who is a member of the Canadian soccer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the first person who is going to win an Olympic medal. I say going because at the time of recording this, we don't know whether Canada has won silver or gold. Uh, The game has yet to be played. However, we know they will medal regardless. So Quinn will be the first uh, non-binary person to win a medal, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I also didn't even realize there's an American skateboarder, Alana Smith, who's non-binary, which I saw them compete in – I always forget which skateboarding it is, but it's the one where they like do the tricks. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like in their skate park. Yes, like yeah. Yeah, and I saw them compete. So that was really cool. And I, I didn't realize that I was watching history, essentially. <laughs> right. I saw something on TikTok was actually the first place I saw that they were competing. And, you know, they're very – TikTok was very – you know, excited about the fact that Tony Hawk was, he was the one that uh, was announcing, I guess, their competition. And he was actually using their pronouns, their preferred pronouns. So, you know, he was respectful of that and being like really supportive of using the, you know, they, them pronouns that they want. So they were very excited about that. So I thought that was cool that, you know, people are accepting it, you know, and and actually like being respectful of these athletes and what they want to be called, you know. Love Tony Hawk. Right. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Tony Hawk, you know, obviously he paved the way in some of these skating events. And now we're seeing uh, our first Olympic medalist for the women's, I forget what this skating competition was called, but it was, oh, street. That's what it oh, is. Okay. It's street where they were doing the thing. So the first Olympic medalist, women's Olympic medalist in this competition, because it's the first time they've debuted in the mm-hmm. Olympics. Uh, she's 13 wow. and she won gold. That's crazy. Yeah. And the silver <laughs> medalist is also 13 from Brazil. And the bronze medalist, if I remember correctly, is 16 from Japan. And it's insane because just like the, you know, the future of this sport has just like so many ways to go because like these kids are, I mean, they're literal kids, (laughs) one, you know, and, but the oldest person competing in, in that, in the women's free competition is 34. It was an American. I forget her name at the moment, but Mm -hmm. yeah, she was 34. And then we had these young kids who were 13. And then over on the men's side, I think the oldest skater is 46. So it's like really cool to see this just diversity and age mm-hmm. and ability of all these athletes. Yeah. And then you can like these kids that are 13 years old winning, they could be around mm-hmm. for multiple, yeah. like, you know, and multiple they, Olympics. And I feel like that's sim- like happening in a lot of sports. Cause I know a lot of, like I was watching diving the other day and I know there was, you know, someone I think that was like 16 or 18, like they're, they're 
young and I just don't know if I like just now paying attention to this or like have they always been this young (laughs) so apparently in each sport they have like different age limits Mm. and yeah in swimming I was seeing and I think I have her listed in swimming the Chinese diver Quan Hong Chen sorry if I butchered that she's only 14 and it's her first Olympics and she literally qualified like just on the cusp of things mm-hmm. and she was too young to compete in the world championships of 2019 so she's the only teammate from china who like isn't a world champion or you oh, know wow. somebody who competed there who is now competing in the olympics yeah so it's it is it's crazy to see just like these yeah. young kids coming out and winning right makes me feel really old <laughs> <laughs> Nah. My chances in my Olympic dreams are gone. Hey, you know, we could still Olympic curling, I feel like. <laughs> we no got age that. limits. We could totally start an Olympic we'll curling. We'll start our team. training this winter. <laughs> but going from the youngest to the oldest, uh, have you seen Oksana? I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. It starts with a C. She's a gymnast from Uzbekistan and mm-hmm. she's out there competing. She's 46 years old. She did, she, I think she qualified for one competition. So she was on the very first night of gymnastics yeah. and she got a standing ovation because she, she said it's her last Olympics. But like, how cool is that that she's been competing since 1992? Right? I can't imagine. And especially something like, I mean, I guess most sports are hard on your body, but gymnastics I can't imagine (laughs) absolutely right I know and she's just coming out tearing it up doing her thing and like the respect that people have for her like that's what's cool too is like you have these young gymnasts that aren't like oh she's so old blah 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 like no they're they're showing respect for her they're like oh she has paved the way Mm -hmm. here she is doing her thing and yeah yeah I love that but yeah so getting back into some other firsts in track and field, uh, Cindy McLaughlin, she broke her own world record on the 400-meter hurdles and won gold, which is, like, super cool to see. It's going to be fun to, like, break your own record. You're just like – Right? <laughs> like, I was the best, and I'm still the best. <laughs> uh-huh. I saw one of oh, – I forget what country he's from. I want to say the Netherlands, but I also feel like that might be wrong. But he, I watched him do one of the sprints too. I forget his name, but he broke his own record too. And he was like ecstatic about it. And it is like, it's just like, you've performed your best, but your best is literally the best in the world. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And you could just like, it's almost like you you saw yourself improve because you're like, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought I was at my peak then, but like now breaking those records. (laughs) Hell yeah. And what a time to do it like at the Olympics. Right. Yeah, because they always have like the Olympic record and the world records and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. it's just it's fun to see people like break them. Oh, absolutely. I know. I can't remember what race it was or who did it. So it's probably dumb to bring it up. But I know <laughs> in swimming, there was like one record that had been there since like 2009 that someone broke. And it had been oh, like, wow. yeah, it just had been so long that that record was held. And I think it was one of Michael Phelps's records. Like back when he, I mean, back, he wasn't, he hasn't been out that long, (laughs) you know? So when he was like competing and he held that record for, you know, 10 years and then they broke it this year. I was like, it's gotta be so exciting to be like, break a record from that long ago. Well, and I remember him saying something like he, he was watching the games obviously, and they had him interviewing every, every so now and then. 
And he was like, yep, I, you know, nobody broke my record today. That last one's hanging on there, you know, yeah. and he's like, it's going to go tomorrow. I know it's going to go tomorrow. And he's just like, going to so enjoy just... it for now. Exactly. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, it's nice to see him like excited for like the people to break it. I mean, I guess he's not going to go on TV and be like mad about it, but like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I think that's what's nice about the Olympics is like, you really see athletes supporting each other for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, they're all there for each other and cheering each other on and happy when they win. And Well, and they even have that in like the, I, I love when they do the replays and they show them all like hugging. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I forget who said it, but one of the athletes was like, when you compete at this high of a level, you're appreciative of the athletes around you, like push, like each of you pushing each other to like do your best. So it's mm-hmm. like, obviously you want to win but like you're also super appreciative and proud of the people who do win exactly and it's probably like they're all you know probably close because they like although the olympics are every four years they go to worlds and compete with each other so they probably like get to know each other and you know even though they are you know competitors they're still friends at least and they're happy for each other yeah they're just like people they see all the time (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's cool to see too. Uh, it's a little off topic, but uh, I love the Olympic like commercials that we see. I just ugh, tears every time. But <laughs> like, like there's the one Olympian, Olympians like with the kids. Yeah, and like the there's one where they show like um, Olympians fall and help them up, and mm-hmm. then so some little girls like watching it, and then she's in her soccer game and she sees somebody fall, so she helps her, like the opposite team up. Yeah, and there's like a few other things in the commercial too. Mm-hmm. But, like that one gets me every time. I'm like, oh my god! Like the children are watching. Like yeah. be good role models, <laughs> right? I think the one because I'll I'll be not like a big commercial person I'm like usually on my phone during the commercials but Mm -hmm. the one that I like sticks out is for the swimmer that like got adopted it was for the Paralympics but it's yeah that one like oh that one breaks my heart (laughs) like I mean not breaks my heart but like it just makes me so happy because it's like uh, I don't know just good people and then like (laughs) to, to you know have that good support that she's made it all the way to the Paralympics you know despite what happened to her and everything yeah those are commercials yeah. are really good and something she says something at the end where like it's going to be a tough life but it's going to be an amazing life yeah. or something and I'm just like what? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely there's some good ones there a little bit off topic too I keep watching it on NBC and like you know I don't watch it and like I don't watch a ton of cable shows but it's really making me want to watch some of their fall releases like <laughs> hardcore <laughs> right, just repetitive so you're like I have to know what happens now I need to know what happens <laughs> yeah but getting back into athletes breaking records uh another first in track and field uh Aething Mo who's 19 years old from Trenton New Jersey mm-hmm. Jersey rep in. She uh she won gold in the women's eight hundred meter, which is the first she's the first woman to win gold since nineteen sixty-eight from the US. That's awesome. That's I know. Crazy. And she's the first woman to medal, just period, since nineteen eighty-eight. Nobody from the US has meddled in that. And now we have two because we had Aything Mo and we have Raven Rogers who took home bronze. So both of those women meddled in this race, you know, where we haven't gotten a medal in the U.S. since 1988. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You start running in America. (laughs) (laughs) Not me, though. I am not a runner. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that being said, you saw the race where uh, the Jamaican women's team took home. They swept all three. Yeah. I forget which race it was, but 
all three positions they took it <laughs> oh and this made me think because a thing mo goes to i want to say texas a&m but it, it might be the other texas one texas so sorry if a i got that wrong i think it's a&m okay. but maybe it's ut anyways one of them she goes to one of them <laughs> And I feel like there have been so many athletes from Texas in this Olympics, like just yes. so many. I yeah, I feel like I keep seeing a lot from Texas. Yeah, like literally in every sport, they're always like this person from blah 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 Texas, and I'm like, do we have somebody in every sport from Texas? <laughs> right. I guess it's just like I mean, maybe it's just a population thing. There's a lot of people that live in Texas that it's just odds are they're gonna have a lot but I guess yeah must be I don't know (laughs) but yes moving on to our next category weightlifting Mm. I don't know if you saw this I saw this it was the cutest thing ever uh Heidelin I think that's how you say your name Heidelin Diaz won the first medal period for the Philippines ever in the Summer Olympics yeah. And she won gold, which is even, you know, more amazing. But just her reaction was just, like, so authentic, right. so she wonderful. So happy and excited. Yeah. And just, it was just amazing. And to have, like, a woman do it is just, I feel like, even better. <laughs> I know, right? To have, like, a woman from the Philippines be the first person to take home a medal for her country and to have it be gold. Yes. Like, that is the icing on the cake, you right. know? Yeah. That's awesome. This is definitely – I didn't even know weightlifting was in the Olympics. And I feel like I've watched it for the last like three days. It's so interesting to me because I'm always like slightly terrified for them that they're going to like pop their arms out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or the bar is going to drop on them. But it's just like so interesting because I'm just like, I can't imagine lifting that. Like they're just bodies are so amazing. Well, and then I feel like you learn stuff too, because like listening to the commentary, like this is not a sport I watch, you know, mm-hmm. but like they're very good specifically. And I don't know who's commenting, but it it's the same woman and man each time because like their, their voices obviously yeah. sound the same. Um, and I know she's a former weightlifter. I'm not sure if the man is, but she's constantly like explaining why it's a good lift and like why they're getting deductions which I think probably most of the commentators do but I'm paying the most attention in this one because I don't know that much about it yeah you know which I appreciate because then I feel like oh okay I understand why they like got a point deducted here or like why that was a good lift yeah because there was one time where I think it was a women's weightlifting and I forget I think it was I don't remember which class it was but she like did it and I was like oh that was so good she's gonna get second and they're like no it doesn't count and I was like what are you, are you kidding like I don't know why <laughs> but she ended up explaining that like something with her elbow didn't fully like lock out and I was mm-hmm. like I would never have gotten that like it is nice that these announcers are usually like past athletes in that sport so they can talk to why they're being disqualified or why it's not as good as we think it is when we're watching yeah because like we'll watch things like diving gymnastics and we're like that was flawless and then they'll get like you know a yep. seven and you're like what <laughs> well and it's so funny because you do you have these announcers especially in swimming the the woman who's been announcing she was like oh like they'll dive and she's like oh that was a great dive but it's not going to be enough like it's yeah. going to be this score and she's like always oh, spot oh. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you're like how do you how do they see that because it happened so quick to know so like quickly oh, so quickly <laughs> Yeah. 
I, man, I would not want to be a judge for the Olympics. Yeah, because, like, some things are, like, obvious if, like, their legs are, like, flopped over or, like, in gymnastics, Mm -hmm. they step out of the floor, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's clearly obvious. But then they'll do something and they're like, oh, see that little bend in their knee? Tenth of a deduction. And I'm like, what? And it's like, no, I didn't see (laughs) the bend. How did you? It's like, yeah, I have have slow-mo replay and I can kind of see it, maybe. (laughs) Um, so th- we got a little off track from Sorry. weightlifting, um, but just back to that, uh, in the U S we have Sarah Robles, who is the first U S woman to, to win two medals in weightlifting. Yeah. I believe she took home silver this time. Oh, I think um, that was and- the one that did the lift that I was talking about that her oh, yeah? online bent cause she was, I think she got bronze and, and I like thought she was going to get, maybe I thought she was going to go, but I thought she was going to get like the next medal up. But uh, mm. I was like, yeah, she did it. And then they're like, nope, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And Emily Campbell is the first British woman to win a medal uh, in weightlifting. She won silver. And I know that, like, these are all different weight classes. I did yeah. not write the weight classes down. So sorry, guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also a little bit off of weightlifting into wrestling, Tamira Mensah-Stock is the first black woman to win gold in wrestling in Olympic history. Like, period. Yeah. First woman to win it. Like, first black woman to win it, which is awesome. I didn't even know they had, like, women's wrestling. It's tough because I feel like I've seen – I obviously, I switched through channels, and it's, like, wrestling mm. and judo and um, I think taekwondo is one of them. And, you know, and yeah. it's, like, I don't know enough to be able to tell a few of them apart. So I'm just, like, I don't know what I'm watching, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> but I am going to sit here and watch it, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I watched one woman automatically win gold and I still don't know what it was because uh, I just happened to flip through for a commercial and she won gold because of a technicality because the person she was fighting against whatever she was doing um, had like two yellow cards and then got a red card. And oh. so then it, it she automatically got silver and the other girl got gold. And I was like, I mean, I'll take the gold. Yeah. So like. I don't that think that would be my sucks. favorite way of winning gold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't... But again, I'll take it. Right. You know? Yeah. You're not going to turn it down, but when you tell the story, just don't tell that part. Just, I won gold, period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rules for a reason. So just go for yeah. the rules. And then moving right on to swimming, my favorite, <laughs> uh, Katie Ledecky. Yeah. Girl love her awesome (laughs) she's amazing did you know she's undefeated in every 800 meter freestyle race she's competed in for the past 11 years yeah she's unstoppable like even in that race she's like a body length ahead of everybody at Mm -hmm. like all times (laughs) literally like she probably like could swim faster but she's like whatever no one's catching me anyway. <laughs> well, and is she the one? I think she's the one that Ben was saying, like, she's not a great sprinter. But when mm-hmm. you put her in those longer races, she is, like, clearly bomb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's definitely a distance swimmer. I mean, swimmer. she got, I think, bronze in, like, the 200. So she, like, can swim fast. Yeah. But she's just better in the longer distance ones. hmm So, Yeah. And then she like officially says that she's like coming back for the next summer Olympics. She's for like, Paris. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm definitely yeah. being there. This is not my last race. <laughs> I mean, she's not, you know, she's only 24. So yeah, yeah 28, still- she can still 
and she's it's always got, so like the most gold medals doesn't she like for a, yeah. a women swimmer yeah, she has Olympian? six individual gold medals which is the most of any female olympian oh, like regardless okay. of u.s okay the most of any female Olympian. And it's the second most in swimming to one person, obviously Michael second Phelps. to Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah. But that's awesome. I didn't realize out of all Olympians, she was like, the top. I thought it was just out of swimming or. Yeah. It's specified as individual gold medals. Right. So I don't think her, any gold like medals the count in that. Right. Yeah. But which speaking of relays a little bit off topic, uh, I love that they've started doing the mixed gender relays. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like there's so much strategy, I think, that goes along with that. Because like mm-hmm. you can put the men and women anywhere. There could be like four women, four men at the same time. Yeah. And so like you got to figure out who's going to like get you ahead, who's the best mm-hmm. at what they do. I think that's it was super fun to watch. Yeah, and it's a it debuted at this Olympics, which, you know, like we've already had to wait an extra year for the Olympics. So I think this was like a really cool addition to it. Yeah. Um, and it was an exciting thing to bring in to kind of maybe draw some of those people who are like, whatever, I'm over the Olympics. <laughs> right. Should have happened last year, you know? Um, but yeah, they had events in swimming, track, judo, and trap shooting. Oh, I didn't realize it was in all I guess I only realized the swimming one. Yeah. So I saw the swimming one. I didn't mm-hmm. see the track judo or trap shoot. I saw the tail end of the trap shooting one, which again, I was like, oh, they're doing like mixed gender matches in this too. Like that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I was say, what do they do in track? Like which event is mixed gender in track? I would imagine a relay, like one of the relay, you know, like where you hand off the baton. Oh, okay. I'm assuming it's one of those. Yeah. I really haven't seen too much track. I feel like anytime I turn it on, like I love watching the pole jumping. I haven't seen a single pole jump no. at all this Olympics. Me either. I do feel like, yeah, track I haven't seen too much. I've seen some of the hurdles and like the long distance running. Mm-hmm. It, was like the, it was like the 10,000 meter race. But like, yeah, I haven't seen any of the field events. Yeah, like any of the shot put or, yeah. I've seen a little bit of the javelin. They've played a few mm. of those. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know when they're playing it, but it's clearly not. It's like when I was trying to watch archery and they would never play archery. They always tease it. They're like, it's on this channel, but like never show it. Yeah, yeah. Which like is, I love watching archery. It's so fun. It is. Yeah, it's good. But uh, going back to trap shooting, uh, Alessandra Pirelli won bronze in trap shooting, and that makes San Marino, her country, the mm. smallest country to win a medal. Oh. And they were saying something like the country's population is like 35,000 people. That's so small. <laughs> I know. They were saying if you put them in a stadium, so like most stadiums I think fit around 100,000 people, if you put her country like the entire country in the stadium, you still would have like 70,000 seats left over. Wow. Her whole country stopped when she, like she was on the Olympics. I'm sure they're all watched her. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wonder what time it was there. Like if they were able to watch her live, but yeah, to finish up swimming, uh, just, just a little note, Haley Hernandez is from Texas. No yeah. shocker there. <laughs> There's like, I feel like a third of the Olympians are from Texas. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Crystal Palmer, she literally medaled, right? She got a bronze medal. Um, and she's the first American woman to win an individual medal in diving since 2000, which is insane. But get this, she only started training nine years ago. Wow. 
training for for water sports. To be fair, she she's like a trampolinist, okay. which is like gymnastics on a trampoline. Yeah. You know? Um But to take that Right. She has a background an athletic background, but she took that in and put it towards diving mm-hmm. and she's just crushing it. I can't imagine like starting and then just like in a few years making it to the Olympics. Right. Like imagine starting in your twenties. Like most people are retiring. Look at like the gymnasts who mm-hmm. retire. Like most of them retire by their mid twenties. And it's like, nope, she's like, I'm twenty. I'm gonna start my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see how this diving goes or <laughs> I paid off. Yeah. Right. It worked. She was good at it. But I guess with like trampoline because she you said she was di- a diver, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like it's I don't want to say similar, but it gets it's that like same form when you're doing flips probably on a trampoline, you know, that with diving. So it's a good transition to have done that, I think. Yeah, she said it was just it was she had to learn how to reorient herself because clearly on a trampoline you're not landing head first, but in the water you want to land head first. So it was like she had to practice reorienting, mm-hmm. landing on her head. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, being okay <laughs> with doing that. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean those are all kind of the the Olympic firsts and things like that that I had. <laughs> Any other ones that you heard of that you know about? Um, I don't, I don't know if this is an Olympic first, but, uh, probably not. But, um, did you hear about the, the high jumpers? They, uh, tied, it was, a, it was the men's high jump. They tied for first and they like went up to them and they were like, we could do, you know, we can do like a, a jump off or I don't really know what it's called, but like, you know, where they each go and try and like beat each other. Yeah. After they, or, and then the, it was a guy from Qatar. And Italy, I think. Huh. And the the one guy was like, "Can we just share gold?" And the the judge was like, "Yeah, you can do that." So they like both looked at each other and they're like, "Yeah, let's do that." And then so they Hell yeah. they're like, "We're not gonna yeah, we're not gonna like try and fight this out. We're just gonna both be number one. <laughs> we're gold medalist." So I was I thought that was really cool. And like I said I don't, I'm not sure if that's like the first time that's ever happened, but. I thought that was like interesting that they're both just like, yeah, let's, let's share it. Let's just, you know, instead of just, you know, getting their competitive spirit and just be like, no, I want to win. They're yeah. Like, we both did our best. We both tied. Let's just and they it. were both freaking tired probably. Yeah, and they were awesome. like, you know what? We gave it our all. Yeah. <laughs> let's just accept it. And then they both, that means they both get gold. So that's, I thought that was like really cool to see that they were allowed to do that, I guess, even. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So moving on to kind of, I think, something everybody has been talking about, mental health in the Olympics, Mm -hmm. specifically Simone Biles. We're not, and I want to preface this, we're not Simone Biles. We don't know her experience. We're, We're not talking about her decisions. We, I personally stand by her. Lindsay, I'm yeah. sure you stand by yeah. her. You know, she made choices that are right for her and I support her and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to have the conversation of just mental health in general on our Olympic athletes. And I think, you know, Simone and Naomi Osaka during her French World Open, mm-hmm. you know, her speaking out about her mental health. I really think that people are starting to open up the conversation and start the conversation of how these athletes are put up against just so much pressure and so much to deal with. And like, sometimes they need to take a step back and it is 
100% absolutely okay for them to do so. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like some people mistake, like, that these athletes are so strong and they're, you know, nothing's going to shake them and they've got all this confidence and, like, yes, they do, but, like, they're also human. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to, like, even if you're in the Olympics, just being like, I can't do this, I can't, I'm not mentally here, something's going on, I need to take a step back and take care of myself first, because that's most important, not winning a gold medal, which is awesome, but like, my health and my mental health is the most important. Absolutely. And it's not talked about enough, I don't think, with these athletes, so I feel like they get like, scared to do it, because they're in a fear of letting people down and the backlash and stuff like that. Well, and what I've seen kind of the situation that has occurred, people were comparing it to Carrie Shrug. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I think it was the 1996 Olympics, maybe. Uh, don't hold me to that. But it was it was one of those where she injured her foot and her coach had her go again and she won the gold, which was like at the time, I I remember it as a kid. Like, I remember it. It was a big story. And like, it was really cool to see. But it's like now looking back as an adult, it's like, why did her coach push her to do that? Like I get gold was technically on the line, but like she retired after that. That destroyed her career. Exactly. And it could have like further damaged her health, you Mm -hmm. know, if, if she really did something wrong, you know, I think one of, there was like a, a Russian Olympian Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, fell and did, was out there earlier than she should have. And then ended up paralyzing herself. Yep. Because of yep. that. And it's like you gotta realize like what you're putting on the line, is it worth is it worth it? <laughs> yeah. And she was I believe she was in her twenties. I read that mm-hmm. article too, yeah, where they her coach put her out too early. She didn't have enough time to heal. Mm-hmm. And she did that, you know, when they do the twist on the beam, she did that and landed wrong on her neck and was paralyzed, unfortunately. And she passed away pretty young. Yeah. Like she didn't pass away immediately. But she was um, still young, yeah, when she when she died. So, yeah, I think it's it's definitely important to recognize that these athletes are humans. And I, I'm surprised at the people who are kind of the trolls online, if you will, who like are saying all this crap. And it's like, you just went through a pandemic. Like we've, we've all, we're all in this. We all just went through a pandemic. Like we all know how important mental health is. And I think just mental health in general, the conversation has become a lot more part of the norm. So I'm really surprised to kind of see us regress and have people kind of like giving these athletes crap about taking care of their mental health. Right. And you never know like what's going on in their lives behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like with Simone Biles, she just came out saying that while she was at Tokyo, her aunt died. And that aided in, you know, obviously her poor mental health to step out of some of these events. So it's like, yeah, they might say like, oh, it's just, I'm working on my mental health. But you don't know exactly what that means. You don't know their past life. So, like, I feel like giving them a hard time or, or making fun of them with what they're doing is, is the, like, complete opposite of helpful <laughs> and unnecessary. Just, you know, yeah. how, would, how would you like it if someone did that to you and when you were down at a low point in your life and they're just like, oh, suck it up. Yeah. And, I mean, there's been a few that we've heard throughout um, – coming to mind I can't think of their names but there's there's the one track star who ended up making it but then didn't because she had smoked weed but then there's another woman who I think she's a shot putter she's from the U.S. she's got like 
purple and green hair. She's awesome. I love her. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going blank on her name right now. Uh, but she, her mother just died, oh, you wow. know, and it's just like these people are uh, dealing with losses and just like, luckily she's already competed, but it's just not luckily, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. the timing is she's already competed. So she gets to put her full focus on mourning her mother mm-hmm. and doesn't have to make that decision of, do I compete or do I not, you know? And it's just, there's so much going on in these, in these people's lives that we don't know about and they don't owe us anything, exactly. you know, like their, their families have put in the money and the time <laughs> to get them here. We haven't done that. Yeah. Like, they don't owe it to us to compete. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like the top of life is not a gold medal. Like they don't, you know, yes, they've been working on that, like working towards that for a while, but your mental health is more important, I think. And it's nice that there are athletes that are, are starting to talk more about it and opening up that conversation a little bit more. And I, I will say, at least from what I've read and seen, the majority of people are standing in support of these athletes. Yes. There are yeah. always going to unfortunately be some trolls and people that are just disrespectful, but I do think it's a good thing that like a lot of people are standing behind them and being like, you know, take care of yourself. It's important. And especially like with swim miles, like her teammates seem very supportive and are standing besides her, beside her decisions and stuff like that. Well, and it was awesome to see them, you know, they they rallied. And, of course, the U.S. has other team members. Like, people are like, oh, Simone dropped out. Oh, no. And it's like, okay, can we rely on these other amazing gymnasts yeah. that have also made the team that are equally as amazing and can do, you know, phenomenally? And they did. They ended up – they earned silver, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And then Suni went on. She got gold mm-hmm. in um, the individual all-around. And then Jade got gold. uh the floor, in- I think, right? Uh, yeah for the floor and then Michaela Skinner she got mm-hmm. silver on the bars I believe right yeah. so it's like we we have these amazing athletes right? out there let's yeah. appreciate them too exactly. <laughs> and then let's celebrate them when they win instead of being like yeah. yeah you won silver but what about Simone and it's like let her deal with her mental health in her, like yeah. in peace and focus on the amazing work that those gymnasts did to get that silver medal or gold medal yep. in their individual event. So, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to all those ladies. We're so proud of yeah. you. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to Team USA. We're so proud of all of you. Right? They're killing it. I think they were number one in all, like overall, all medals. Not gold, I think. Uh, yes. China has the most, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last count I heard, China has the gold, most gold. We have the most medals. Yeah. Um, and I believe Japan is in the top three as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I think just all the U.S. athletes are doing they're doing great. Very proud of them. <laughs> um, another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, which is a little bit it, it's it's spurred on because of something that happened at the Olympics, but it doesn't actually deal with the Olympics, and that is um, Norwegian's women's handball team being fined for their outfits. Now. Before we go into that, we saw Germany's women's gymnastics team opting to wear unitards to help combat sexualization in the sport, which I think is a baller move. Yes. Like, they were just like, no, this is what we're wearing. And, like, screw anybody who tries to, like, talk about our sport in, like, a sexualized way. Exactly. Because that's not what it is. It is a sport. It is a skill that they've honed. Mm -hmm. And their Mm -hmm. outfits should not matter. (laughs) 
Right, exactly. They get to choose if they want to wear unitards or leotards or whatnot. Exactly. But uh, in line with that, the Norwegian handball team, I don't know if any of you out there have seen the photo, but there is a very stark contrast between the women's handball team uniform and the men's handball team uniform. And before you all get mad, I understand that like a uniform is important and it's part of the rules and rules are rules. I get that. Mm -hmm. However, when the men are allowed to wear shorts and tank tops and the women have to wear sports bras and bikini bottoms and opt to instead wear spandex shorts that are still shorter than the men's shorts, I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And yet they were fined 1,500 euros, which is $1,700 American, for quote-unquote improper clothing because they refused to wear their bikini bottoms and instead opted for tiny spandex <laughs> elastic shorts. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That's insane. Right? I don't think it would – it doesn't impede your ability to, to play that sport and like – nope. That could have been a rule forever, but, like, why not open the conversation of, well, let's see if we can change that rule, because it really doesn't matter. Yeah. If they don't want to wear that, they should be able to wear something they're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the men's the men's shorts need to be no longer than four inches above the knee, so I don't see why the women's shorts can't also be that. Right. You know? Yeah. Especially with all, like, the spiker shorts that you have now that are still, like, skin tight so you can move and... exactly (laughs) yeah and it says okay so their their specific uniform is uh midriff bearing top with bikini bottoms and it says with a close fit and cut on an upward angle towards the top of the leg and a maximum side width of four inches imagine diving in the freaking sand and having a maximum width of four inches covering your butt right like it's so no (laughs) it's weird that that's even such a specific rule right like I feel like in other sports they yes they have a uniform but I feel like that's so specific that Mm -hmm. there's no wiggle room at all (laughs) like at least with gymnastics they had the opportunity to have a you know right more coverage outfit yeah. Just give that option. They had the option. Yeah. Give that option out there. Well, and Norway has been campaigning since 2006 for shorts to be officially considered acceptable as the beach handball uniform. And uh, in the article that I found, it was through NBC News, they said that they will be submitting another motion to change these rules <laughs> in November. And it's just like, okay, they've been lobbying since 2006 to get this change. And then they chose to take it upon themselves to wear shorts that are still shorter than the men's shorts and skin tight like what the fuck are you finding them for excuse my language but like 10 years to get this fixed you know that's insane it's taking so long it's just it it makes me so angry (laughs) it's ridiculous and you know this goes back to how people are complaining and i forget what athlete said this but it was a phenomenal interview answer somebody asked them it was one of the weightlifters it was one of the american weightlifters and they asked how they felt competing against a trans woman um Mm -hmm. and she said this isn't this isn't about women's sports nobody you don't care about women's sports the people that are upset about a trans woman competing 
don't care about women's sports. She's like, where are they when we have these unfair, you know, uniform guidelines? Where are they when we have lesser pay? Where are they when we have all these rules that like are not comparable to men's rules? Like you don't care about the athletes. You're just mad because, you know, somebody outside of the regular, like the standard of what has originally used to be competing is now changing up the sport, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're just against one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it's ridiculous. And I'm sorry if I didn't phrase that right, but you know what I mean? Like, it just, <laughs> they, I just, people give too much shit about, like, one little thing when it's like, okay, but you don't care about the overall goal here. Right. You don't care. Like, yeah. So you don't have a say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't pick and choose no. when you want to care about something. You got to care about yeah. it or, or not. But yeah, so to close this out, uh, I have one more topic that I would love to cover, and that is just some of the interesting facts that I've heard throughout the Olympics um, from some of our wonderful commentators. They have so many facts that they share out that I just think are so awesome. And to start, like I personally heard the Netherlands beach volleyball team, uh, one of the females on the team, I'm so sorry, I don't remember her name, but they were saying that she went from being a professional volleyball player, like in the Olympics, Mm -hmm. to then retiring and becoming a parent of twins and also getting her master's degree and also joining the police force, Mm -hmm. like becoming a cadet. And then she was like, I don't know if that's all the order of it, but she did all that. And then she was like, actually, I want to go back to professional (laughs) volleyball. I miss it. And like, just how accomplished, how wildly accomplished this woman is. (laughs) And then it's just like, I'm going to go be an Olympian again. Yeah, why not? (laughs) I know there's somebody in the Olympics that is like, her day job is like being a lawyer. And I'm yeah. like, I can't yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. like the amount of time and effort they have to put into their training for the Olympics on top of the mm-hmm. amount of time and effort they have to be to be a lawyer is insane. Like, how do you sleep <laughs> or do anything <laughs> else in your life? I'm like, I'm tired if I like work an extra day in a week, <laughs> let alone all this other stuff. I think that's maybe what makes them Olympians because they're clearly like a level above everybody else, right? Like they are eating and training and working and living just like to the extreme. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're just, I don't want to say they're more motivated, but they're just, they're, they get more shit done. (laughs) You know, so I feel like a lot of them just accomplish a lot of shit in their lifetime, which is amazing and good for them. I just, I wish I I had that much energy. I, know. <laughs> I wish so too. That much drive, <laughs> that much tenacity. Yeah, like even half of that much that they have would be like yeah. better than I have now. I uh, I heard one of the other ones too is considering. I don't remember which Olympian um, is considering switching from something to swimming. I don't know. I I heard something like that, but the, it, that's not uncommon for like olympians to actually switch to go mm-hmm. from like oh well i competed in this sport but now i'm gonna try this sport like, <laughs> what right i know it's well it's just like athletes are just you know like if, if you're athletic i feel like you know you you might you can just do a lot of different sports like no you might not be yeah. like the best of that sport but like you know you see it a lot at least like in america here you know obviously football is really big but you can mm-hmm. like you see people coming up that they're like oh they've never played football before they played baseball during their college but 
you know, they didn't make it in the um, MLB. So like they decided to try football. Now they're playing professional football. And it's like, yeah, crazy. Like you didn't play at all. And now you're playing at a professional level. And it's just like when, I don't know, when you're an athlete, you just like pick it up. <laughs> you just, yeah. You can just pick it up and you just, you have that, you know, something in you that's just like, oh yeah, I can do this. I got this. So it's like, it is interesting to see that it's not just like, you're stuck with this one sport for your whole life. If you want to try something else, like give it a try. You might be better than you you think you are at it. Yeah. I saw, I don't know if you saw this. Um, and if you haven't, you guys should watch it. It's really, really cool. Um, but the New Zealand women's rugby team, when they won gold, they performed a traditional haka all together. Like, it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. I got chills watching it. <laughs> right. I love seeing it. Like, it's it's cool, yeah, that they can, like, that they did that. It's like a celebration, you know, for them and stuff. Yeah, and there's videos of it everywhere. So if you haven't watched it, definitely go watch it. It's really cool. Uh, But one final fact that I have that I want to share is that the U.S. this year has more women than men competing in the Olympics. And just like, what a beautiful day. (laughs) We're like, we have enough women where we actually have more than men, which I'm never like, oh, we should have more than men. But like the fact that we do is really cool. Yeah, exactly. reach that point <laughs> yeah that it's just there's there's so many I guess more not more opportunities but there's a lot yeah opportunities for these women to you know get the good training and and be there is, is awesome to see yeah uh, so that's everything I have on the Olympics Lindsay what is your favorite sport that you've been watching in the Olympics thus far oh that's hard um I mean I always love watching swimming Mm Because I feel like it's so fun. But I feel like I've gotten into, like, watching the weightlifters. I don't know, like, why. But I feel like weightlifting's on. I'm like, I I have to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's just, like, I love – I think, for me, the Olympics is just – it's fun because it's, like, sports I don't normally watch. Like, I could, Mm -hmm. you know, turn on the TV and watch baseball and, you know, soccer. And, like, those, like, main sports that are on all the time. But I think it's the – the sports that don't get a lot of representation unless it's an Olympics that like I really enjoy watching because like it's just fun and volleyball I feel like volleyball has been a good, fun one to watch as well volleyball has been fun I love when they like pop it over the net multiple times you're just like oh my god yeah and then they're gonna fall so high to like spike it and I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, it just looks so fun I just want to do that <laughs> I think I have the height for it, but I don't want to have the athletic skill for that. <laughs> well, practice makes perfect. I'll <laughs> be practicing. I'll be at, what, 2020, what's the next Olympics? 2024. 2024. I'm, you I'm, got three years, but you got to qualify in a year. Oh, so get out happening. there. Get going. <laughs> I've got way too long of a way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe 2028. All right. Yeah. LA, here I come. That's that's where LA is, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. We hope that all of you really enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you're enjoying what's left of the Olympics. I'm not sure when this will come out, but then once that finishes, don't forget to also tune in. The Paralympics start Tuesday, August 24th, and they run through Sunday, September 5th, so make sure you're checking those out as well. And let us know your favorite sport or your favorite fact from the Olympics. You can find us on Instagram at my ovaries made me do it. We love hearing from you so definitely 
definitely let us know. And stay happy, stay healthy, stay curious. Bye. Bye.